Okay. You ready to go? Sure. Why not? All right. Three, two. Hi, Graham. How are you? Brian, nice to see you. Nice Good to see you. you too. I like I like your room. Is that is that your music room? It's 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 the room in my house where where if any music happens, it's usually in here. Yes. So I suppose that makes it a music room. Yeah. Very nice. I I see that you have a ukulele up there. I love my ukes. Yeah. Multiple ukes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and I I've been on a quest to find a good uke that's not made in China, and it's fucking hard. Ah. So, you know what? Uh, but anyway. I've I, I I've recently started playing ukulele too because as a music teacher I carry carry it. It's so easy to carry. And kids with kids you. love the uke. And kids it's love it. Easy. It's my, very. I taught, I taught my son chords on a uke when he was probably about nine years old, and the good thing about that is that those chords are the basis of guitar chords. So yeah, um, you know that which so that led him to the guitar, and so now he plays guitar and bass and. And yeah, you know, so it was a good, that's a really good jump. There off. you go. Yeah. Very, very kid friendly, I'd say, you know, but George Harrison loved them too. There you go. Yep. So anyway, Graham, welcome. Thank you so much for meeting with us. And um, as I always do, I like to start out with this very broad question. Like, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? What it is that you do? How do you describe yourself? Maybe a little of how you got to where you are, and then we'll take the conversation from, from that point. Well, okay, sure, fair enough. Well, I got into nuclear biochemistry in my teens. No, not really. But <laughs> uh, so if I met, if I, you know, I meet every now and again. I meet someone, and I, I have to make an, you know, they ask what you do, and I have to make an assessment on the fly, like how old are they, and will they even know the people I've worked with? You know, yeah. like if I say Joe Jackson to them. Or uh, uh, you know, uh, or Marshall Crenshaw, or, or uh, you know, Freddie Johnson, or, or you know, like, are they just going to look at me like uh, they have no idea what I'm talking about? So I usually kind of, I, I use, I often ask people like, how old are you? And if they say like, <laughs> good. I'm 40, anything older than 40, I go, well, you know, I started out in the 70s. I, I'm a bass player, a music professional musician, miraculously for my whole life. And I, I started out working with a guy called Joe Jackson from Britain. You may have heard of him. I would only say that if they're over 40. If yeah. they're under 40, I would say, you know, do your parents have any <laughs> Joe Jackson albums? You know, have you? <laughs> that's... So, so that's basically it. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a musician. I'm, I'm a bass player. And, uh, and, and I've had an a, a incredibly fortuitous career starting in my mid-20s. And... And it's somehow still got some legs and I just turned 70. So how God how bless. That's fantastic. Yeah, you know, I got, I got no complaints about that. How, how did you, so I've, I know this is, this is a simple question because uh, I'm going to ask you how, how you got started in the business. Um, but I guess I, I'd also like to hear, you know, did you plan, did you ever think you would be in the music business, you know, 10 years after, you, you got in, did you think, did, did you even know you were in the music business when you were just uh, playing That's with bands question. and, you know, so. No, I didn't know because I didn't make a red cent from music for the first, I mean, probably the first five years after I started playing music. I didn't, I'm, I didn't make any money from it at all. And there, really there was no expectation of that. So I, 
I certainly, when I was 16, that's when I started playing guitar and, and I really wanted a guitar. It was like, I gotta have a guitar. It was yeah. like, it was like, uh, like I was missing something and I knew what it was I was missing. And I told my parents, you know, I want a guitar. And they said, well, we'll get you a guitar, but you've got to pass your exams. Yeah. So I passed my exams and I got the guitar. And then, and then of course, you know, my, my academic prowess such as it was went right down the toilet. <laughs> So, uh, you know, but um, I, you know, I just loved to play, to sit in my room and figure stuff out. Never took any lessons, but I just loved to listen to records and figure out the, the chords and the fingerings. And, you know, I just, it was just such a joy. Like, I can't imagine that I've experienced a joy like that. You know, like it's a highlight, uh, even now when yeah. I think back to that, it's a highlight of my life. So to think that I actually could make a living at that, oh my, that would have seemed like, seemed just preposterously optimistic yeah. <laughs> at that point. But um, yeah, uh, uh, it, it took a long time. It really took a long time. It took, yeah, uh, I mean, I was 26 when I quit my job and became quote unquote professional musicians wow. about 10 years of really scratching around and making yeah. virtually no money. So, so guitar was your first in, in, instrument. Yeah. 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 And so which, how did, which, which music educators would call a foundation instrument. I think. Yeah. Like a piano or a guitar is always a good kickoff yeah. point. But after about a year of playing acoustic guitar, I had a, a school friend, so I was still in high school, the equivalent of what you call high school. Mm. I was grew up in the south of England, so uh, my high school was actually called a grammar school. Okay. And uh, I had a good friend in grammar school whose name was John Jackson, no relation to the Joe Jackson, uh -huh. completely different guy. And um, John and I, you know, we, we, we was a little club of kids at school who we would sit around and talk about our favorite music, you know. Uh, musicians and Beatles and Cream and Hendrix and all of that, you know. And one day he said, and I knew he played the piano, right? And he came to school one day and he said, I know this bloke, I know this bloke. He's selling two guitars and one of them's a six string electric and the other's a bass. I'm going to buy the six string electric. I wondered if you wanted to buy the bass, 15 quid each, you know, which was affordable. I mean, yeah, yeah. back then, uh, you know, 15 pounds was probably the equivalent of like a hundred bucks. Yeah. It was totally affordable. I mean, I had to get the money off of my parents, but yeah. I knew it was doable. So that's how it happened. And as soon as he said, do you want to buy the bass? I don't know why he thought I might want to buy the bass. Because I don't remember ever expressing to anyone that I wanted to play the bass. Yeah. But as soon as he said that, I was like, I, I felt like the whole rest of my life kind of rolled out in front of me from that moment you know yeah and uh, it was yeah it was like a like a little miracle or something you know so, so I, were you and I, I locked myself in my bedroom for months and didn't do any schoolwork. I just uh, was just playing the bass and, and digging it you know so did you have early guitar influences and then um and then as you as you switched to bass I, I guess did you did, did you also discover great bassists yeah um well i mean we're all you know when we're young we're all influenced by the things that we're listening to and that's all i was i, I mean i was listening to stuff like um you know cream and hendrix um deep purple 
Yeah. Uh, and the, I should I should have actually said the Beatles first and yeah. foremost. Yes. And that was, you know, I mean, still that I, I think that's a, a major influence on not just my uh, me as a musician, but on my taste in songwriting and 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 uh, and, and song structure and, and recording you know yeah I still feel like I'm, I'm I know it's kind of maybe a lot of people are yawning right now because it's like no oh, Beatles you know I mean a lot of people are over the Beatles but I don't think I'll ever be over the Beatles oh my goodness. I think that, that you know they're their influence is 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 has stood the test of time to say the very least. Absolutely. So that's the kind of stuff that we were listening to anyway. And um, um, yeah, I had a little club of kids at my grammar school, and uh, on break times they would let us use the school the school record player. Oh, nice. You know? So we we you know we'd bring albums in, and they would actually let us play our favorite albums over the school sound system at lunch times. That's a great idea. So, yeah, so we'd play Cream and Hendrix and, uh, um, oh my God, all sorts of things. I, like um, the original Fleetwood Mac, which was a blues band with Peter yes. Green. Yes, Who was an amazing guitar player. <clears throat> yeah, we'd play that kind of stuff. A lot of blues-based guitar stuff. And um, uh, uh, yeah, we, we kind of bonded over that. And that's, those were the first, that, that was, you know, you know, when you, when you're young and you kind of meet your tribe, I yeah. felt like that's when I met my yeah. tribe was, I was, a, it was all around music. Gosh, yeah. And, and, and it was sort of like music was the magnet that sucked us all in. And the, and the, and the guys that were serious about it, you know, that's all we would just, we'd just talk about music all the time. You know, so. you know I, I, I happen to know that you're a father and as, as a dad myself, I mean, I think you would agree that it's, probably the 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 single most important thing i hope for my kids that they find that one thing that one area that kind of drives them from you know from from morning to night right, you right, know right. And, brings kind of, them, and brings them joy you know exactly yeah and uh, you know it's and their funny. network and yeah it's 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 funny because i every now and again i hear something that reminds me of that joy that 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 music can bring to your life and it and it's like another language that you 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 just know it and when yeah. you hear it you you recognize it and i had the moment like that actually last year i i uh i heard this musician called jacob collier who's one of my favorites at the moment he's a british kid he's pretty young he may still be down. in his late 20s and he's a phenomenal musician but anything that i've heard by him there's so much not just musicianship and creativity and musicality but joy there's so yeah. much joy in what he does and it just reminds me like yeah that's why i love music yeah when i the first <clears throat> one of the one of another pivotal moment was when i heard the beatles doing love me do when i was 11 years old on the radio yeah, yeah. and i whatever i was doing playing with toy soldiers or something but i stopped and i and my ears pricked up and i was like wow i really like that i want to hear more of that you yeah know? So, and I was that's, 11, you know, so. That's yeah. great. And so how do you, how do you, um, how did you get into bands? Was it, was it that crew of kids that you were with that, that you formed bands or you played dances and parties and all that stuff? Sort of. Yeah. I mean, those kids, you know, some of them were musicians or thought they were musicians and, you know, there was a high school band, but 
I didn't find anybody really good. Actually, there was one kid who was a good guitar player, but I, for some reason, I, I was still playing guitar when I met him, and he taught me like the bar chord, you know. But we never were in a band together. And kids, I, the kids I ended up forming a band with were, were pretty terrible actually. And and I had, I remember having that moment when I realized that I was like making way faster progress than these yeah. guys, and like. I didn't really want to play with these guys. Like if I was yeah. going to play with people, I want to play with better people than that. So it took a while, years really, to find people that I thought were up to the, I mean, that sounds egotistical, but you know, you 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 need people that are going to push you. Absolutely. You don't want to be the one that's like dragging them, you know? Right. So, um, <laughs> so it took, it took a while. It took a while for that to happen. And um, I'm just thinking of, thinking of you as a bass player because um, when I was in high school, we could not find any bass players. You know, we couldn't get. You know, it was almost like yeah, we we uh, we, we'd have to recruit somebody from another town or go to the go, go to the biggest town to find a bass player. But you were you were the bass player. You could have you could you could have gone anywhere. Yeah, I could have cleaned up, right? <laughs> I know. I I, I remember I, there was. I remember talking to some somebody back then and and uh, when I first started out and I, I said, well, I, I really want to play the bass and whoever it was, I think it was a, an old family friend who was in a, in a, like a, 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 a beat group. That's what they used to call them back right. then, a beat group. And he said, Oh, he said, if you're a bass player, you'll always have a gig. I remember yeah, he yeah. said that to me. I was like, Oh, that's good. You yeah. Know? And uh, you know, I guess that proved pretty, you know, prescient actually. Nice. So 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 can continue with the um with the timeline so how do you get your first gig what's your first band um you know oh, tell, well, tell us about band, well well all right so i'll I'll try and do a little synopsis here but the, yeah. the very very first band i i love to tell the story of my first band only because nobody ever believes what we called ourselves because i think i probably told you this years ago but my very very first band so this was two guys from my high school we had a we had a trio and I was a bass player and we actually had a guitar player he was all right he was okay and our drummer was terrible but he was a great guy so mm -hmm. we used to just hang out and and we would bash through Led Zeppelin tunes and Hendrix tunes and Cream tunes and we'd have a great time but we were fucking awful and of course we couldn't get a gig because yeah. for two reasons or at least two reasons one reason was there was really nowhere to play yeah, it's no, no, no. I mean, not that we knew of. And the other reason was that we were terrible. And and then there was another reason, and that is that we decided to call ourselves septic bowels. <laughs> you see, and because we thought, well, I guess we were out to shock. We were out to shock, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I guess we shocked people to the point where they they weren't interested in giving us a kick. Yeah, I. So, I wonder what that brainstorming session was, was like. You're sitting around smoking cigarettes in someone's basement. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god. No, I, I think about that sometimes. I'm sure we. I'm sure a lot of beer was involved. Yeah. And I'm sure that you know somebody said it as a joke, and somebody else said, "Oh, that's brilliant." Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. Um, I remember my mother eventually took pity on us, and she said that she would. She basically, my mother threw a party. And um, uh, uh, and invited her friends and family, and we had the party at our house. And, and, and you and you we, played. We played. Septic Bowels played the the, the party. 
and she catered in fish and chips because it's yeah and um and at the very end of the evening my mom who used to love to sing she got up and sang summertime you know george gershwin yeah yeah and we backed her up and i'm sure it was god awful but it was the first gig we did and it was like a triumph you know oh that's nice <laughs> thank what, you mom. what a supportive mom thank yeah you, mom. <laughs> yeah so anyway so that was the first band and there, there were a bunch of equally terribly named bands after that the first band that i actually thought were good um was a couple of years later we had a band called mustang mm-hmm. and i had a friend who was a pretty good drummer that i had met once i was now in the workforce and we found a guitar player a local guy who was actually very good and he could play Hendrix like very convincingly. Mm-hmm. And um, so we we cut some kind of very basic demos and uh, we did a bunch of gigs. And I thought we were we were coming on, you know, um, we had some potential. And I always remember we we entered a, a contest in Brighton. There was a music paper in Britain called the Melody Maker, and they held a contest every year for like the best unsigned band. So we entered this contest and it was very sobering because we thought we were pretty good, but there were probably six other bands that were trying out for this contest and they were really good. I mean, we thought they were really good. We were just like, we were humbled and, you know, we realized we got, we got some work to do, you know, so that didn't last too long anyway for there were some personality clashes and after that after that i i i uh, i was in a a cover band for a while we 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 deter- we three again it was a three piece and um we decided that we were going to try and turn professional so that was our goal so we we learned like 200 songs and we learned some stupid jokes to tell in between the songs and we signed with a local booking agency and we actually got gigs and we actually made money and bought a new van and we bought a new pa and yeah like it was going really well and we lasted about a year maybe a year and a half um and the end of the band because we actually were traveling around the country and we were doing all right and then we made some demos because we were writing some songs between us, you know, and we thought the demos were pretty good. So we played the demos to our booking agency and they kind of like just completely shot us down. They said, lads, nobody wants to hear this. Just keep doing, keep doing what you're doing. You'll be great. <laughs> and we just, I remember we left the office just like devastated, hanging, hanging our heads, just like, oh, you know. And we didn't last too much longer because we just didn't want to keep playing the same shitty clubs we've been playing for a year. So yeah. And it was right after that that I met Joe Jackson. What were some before we get to Joe? What, what were there any um, around this time that you're that you're speaking of? Were there any bands, active bands that were, you know, maybe a little more successful than you guys? Like what was going on? Like what were the what were the other bands that were maybe either your competition or the bands in England that were writing their songs, get, you know, recording them and getting, getting signed and stuff? Well, in answer to that, you know, uh, th- th- there were bands in our area. So we, we're, we're from the Portsmouth area, which is central Southern England. And probably the most famous band from that area was Manfred Mann, who had yeah. a whole ton of hits back in the sixties. So they were like, you know, 
if we could be like Manfred Mann, wow, that, that would be incredible. And then when I first started playing, you know, so I was, we're probably talking in the, the late 60s, I was still at school, but there was a band from our hometown that actually got signed to a record deal. They were called Simon Dupree and the Big Sound. They were a rhythm and blues band, but they were very good. They were a really good rhythm and blues band. And they actually had a hit single in, in, uh, in the UK charts called Kites, mm-hmm. and, um, which was not a rhythm and blues song. And, uh, but, they, but it was their big hit. And we were in awe of them because a couple, couple of them lived in my hometown, which yeah. is called Gospel. And then, um, yeah, so we were, we were encouraged by that. We were like, yeah, people from our town actually you know, can do this. Yeah. And, uh, and then we heard that the drummer had left the band. And not only that, but he started a barber shop right across the street from my parents' house. Wow. So, of course, I went over there to get my hair cut because I wanted to talk to him, you know, yeah. like, what happened? And yeah. I wanted to hear some good rock and roll stories from this guy. So he's cutting my hair, snip, 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 you know. <laughs> and I'm, I'm saying, you know, wow, it must have been so exciting, you know. And he was he was, he was already just... Salty. Over, he was yeah. totally over it, you know. And, uh, and I was telling him, well, you know, I just started playing bass and I really want to get into this. And he said, he said, he was trying to talk me out of it, you know. He was like trying to tell me what a shit business it was, <laughs> not to do it. You know? <laughs> I didn't want to hear it. You know? I couldn't believe it. You know, this guy actually, like, was served, to me, he was famous, and he, yeah, he, he didn't want to. He didn't want. He was trying to talk me out of it. So, but um, funnily enough, Simon Dupree and the Big Sound broke up a few years later, and three of them were brothers, and they lived in my hometown. And, five minutes from my house and they started another band called gentle giant oh wow and they were called the shulman yes Brothers. and gentle they were giant. brilliant musicians yes i mean like you know they i think gentle giant became like a prog rock it's one, like of, one of the band. greatest like a cult yeah prog rock yeah. bands ever progressive you know and they were from my hometown two so. weeks two weeks in spain was their big was their like biggest i know yeah i knew you'd yeah. be familiar with them yeah. yeah they were from my hometown wow I mean, what a great band yeah. So, I mean, there, there were, there were encouraging reasons like that to think that, to think that we could get somewhere was not out of the question. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that was right around the time I met Joe and, and then, you know, then there, there was a little more ambition once I met Joe. So I do want to talk about Joe. I, I think there's a lot, a lot we we're, we're going to cover. We're about at the 23 minute mark here. You know, so we're going to, is it okay if we cap it off for part one here? Sure. And then reconvene for, for part two? Absolutely. Awesome. Sounds good.